0: Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast, celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer.
1: It was May 22nd 1979 when most people would first get introduced to Gary Newman and arguably introduced to a completely new sounding music genre. It was here that Tube Boy Army first appeared on the Old Grey Whistle Test to play a song which had slowly been climbing the charts, Our Friends Electric. The band's pale and intriguing lead singer appeared as if he was an android, though this was entirely the point, joined by his equally emotionless bandmates as they performed an incredibly exciting new sound. Electronic music powered by synth was nothing new, the likes of Kraftwerk and Cabaret Voltaire had been around for years, and future stars Ultravox and The Human League had been trying to find that elusive hit. David Bowie and even The Beatles had dabbled with it, and if you went further back, you'd hear the eerie synth used by Delia Derbyshire for Doctor Who and Wendy Carlos on A Clockwork Orange. But no one had become a fully-fledged synth pop star by spring 1979. It all felt a bit like Tomorrow's World. Punk was already on the way out, as was Disco. New Romantics weren't quite here yet, but New Wave and Scar were on the rise. Chiboy Army bridged that gap between New Wave and the electro-dominated 1980s. They provided a window of what was to come in the next decade, and it seemed a far cry from the glam rock of Slade and T-Rex at the beginning of the 1970s. Gary Newman, born Gary Webb, and his band Chuboy Army had previously been a not-so-successful punk band before Gary stumbled upon some synths as they began working on their first proper album, Replicas. As they were about to record Replicas, Gary spotted a mini-moog that had been used by the previous band at Gooseberry Sound Studios at London's Chinatown. When he turned it on, he was blown away by the incredible sound it created. Then and there, he decided to convert all of their guitar-focused punk songs into electronic songs. Gary later told The Guardian, Because I had blonde hair, the record company saw me as a pretty boy punk pop crossover act. When I came back with this weird electronic stuff, they were furious. One actually squared up to me in the office. I'm only little, but I was so passionate I leapt out of my seat as well. We were going to have a fight. When it all calmed down, and because there was no budget left to re-record anything, they released the album. Our Friends Electric was written by Gary on his parents' old pub piano, despite being out of tune. It was originally two different songs spliced together, hence why it was over five minutes long, which was not the typical length for a single. He took a verse from one song and a chorus from another, and after playing them one after another, he realised it suddenly sounded good. The futuristic song was recorded on a Polymoog synthesiser with one finger, with added guitar and then bass guitar from Paul Gardner, and drums from Gary's uncle, Jess Lidyard. There's also an ARP Odyssey synthesizer and an RMI Electra piano. These synth parts also include portamento background lines on the Odyssey. Talking about the song's lyrics, Gary explained, All my early songs were about being alone or misunderstood. As a teenager I'd been sent to a child psychiatrist and put on medication. I had Asperger's and saw the world differently. I immersed myself in sci-fi writers Philip K. Dick, J.G. Ballard. The lyrics came from short stories I'd written about what London would be like in 30 years. These machines, or friends, come to the door. They supply services of various kinds, but your neighbours never know what they really are since they look human. The one in the song is a prostitute, hence the inverted commas. I had a number one single with a song about a robot prostitute and no one knew. Elaborating in his autobiography, Revolution, about the album as a whole, Gary explained.
0: Replicas was very much a science fiction album. I've been writing a series of short stories at the time about what I thought London might become in the next 50 years or so. The central idea being that control was handed over to a machine, a computer that, absent of political ideology and bias, would be better suited to fixing problems fairly and efficiently. But the machine realised that the biggest problem was people. Without people, London and the world would run smoothly and peacefully so it devised a scheme that would allow for the systematic elimination of humans one by one. The stories featured machines called Mac Men.
1: Beggar's Banquet released Our Friends Electric on May the 4th, 1979, initially as a picture disc with just 20,000 copies, with the replica's album track, We Are So Fragile, as the B-side. Gary said, Our Friends
0: Electric was 5 minutes 15 seconds, way too long to get on the radio. It had no chorus as such, apart from two spoken word sections. You couldn't dance to it, and it had a lyric that only really made sense if you knew it was about a robot prostitute, which thankfully nobody did to begin with. It ticked none of the boxes for a hit single, and yet somebody had decided to make it an instant collector's item by making it a limited edition picture disc. It was an incredible decision. And it started to work immediately, jumping straight into the lower reaches of the chart.
1: Indeed, the song is rather unique in that it doesn't have a chorus, but rather two verses and two spoken word sections. People might not have had a clue of what it was about and couldn't dance to it in the clubs, but it was nothing like most people had heard before, and the fresh sound of those moogs captivated the nation enough to sell over half a million copies and eventually get to number one, staying there for four weeks. This was no doubt helped by their appearance on Whistle Test, Gary said of his first TV appearance. I'd also noticed
0: over the years that whenever bands appeared on TV, they would always be looking into whatever camera was on them, usually smiling. I thought that was a wasted opportunity. It gave the viewer that same happy face on view for the entire song, regardless of what it was about. I decided not to do that. I would look at the camera only when the lyric required an extra boost when looking into the camera would deliver a lyric straight into the heart of the person watching. Apart from that, I'd ignore the cameras completely and look forward as though I had a crowd in front of me. I also decided I wasn't going to smile. The songs were not happy songs and the band would be dressed in black from top to bottom. I'd be dressed as a Mac man. I'd be singing our electric about loneliness, loss and robot sex. Definitely no smiling
1: while this rubbed some viewers and critics up the wrong way it struck a chord with most and it made gary an overnight star they're on top of the pops next the biggest show on british tv with a hypnotic and relatively slow riff for a hit single, it was the distinctive high note banner synth sound which gave the song its edge and stopped people in their tracks as they heard it. And then comes in Gary's unique layered vocals with the line It's Cold Outside, followed by the almost spoken line and the paint's peeling off of my walls. Singing about an eerie sight of a man outside in a long coat grey hat smoking a cigarette How could you not be intrigued? Then comes the second main instrumental riff, which over the years has become a football-like chant, and so on. Echoing a young David Bowie in his delivery, Gary then sings slash speaks about wandering around the room and whether he remembers someone as they knocked on the door, as he speaks about the electronic friends which are coming to provide some kind of special service. What made the song really stand out though were the spoken word breaks. Not rapping and not cheesy like William Shatner, a passage of text read out by Gary in a way he's never quite done since, but it works perfectly as the backing track changes to an ethereal and wistful mood. You can tell that Elements of this part was perhaps the second song Gary spoke about. At one point, Gary says what sounds like issues, but in fact was apparently also a nod to S.U.'s, in reference to an ex-girlfriend, supposedly Sue Wathan, who worked at Gary's label Beggar's Banquet.
0: and things I just don't understand I come at night I don't think I'm an
1: Gary then sings about asking the friend whether they are indeed electric, which is always a joyous moment at gigs when he lets the crowd sing the songs title back at him, before what sounds as if some kind of tryst is about to begin. The final spoken word part is a relatively sullen one, but one that over the years has made for a perfect way for Gary to sign off his concerts while thanking his fans. What started off as a dark and sombre lyric now often sees Gary smiling as he tells his fans, I missed you tonight, so it's time to leave. You see, it meant everything to me. Cue more stadium-like woes.
0: So I've added your reason for the phone calls and smiles. That it hurts and I'm lonely, and I should never have tried Oh, and I missed you tonight, so it's time to leave. And you see, this means everything to me.
1: Fast forward 40 plus years and our friends Electric is still a crowd pleaser. The song had a new lease of life in the early 2000s, when it was sampled by Richard X in a song titled We Don't Give a Damn About Our Friends as a mash-up with vocals from Adina Howard's Freak Like Me. Pop trio The Sugar Babes, then recorded it under the latter title and it went to number one in the UK in 2002. Gary himself loved it and even considered this track to be better than Our Friends Electric. I don't care. It's also been covered by the likes of Information Society, The Dead Weather, Groove Armada, Republica, Maloko, and Weezer. Perhaps the most different sounding cover was Anne Piel's piano version, recorded for the Gary Newman Covers album Random. It's cold outside. <laughs> and the paint's peeling off of my walls. There's a man outside. In a long coat grey hat, smoking a cigarette Gary also reworked the song, alongside many others, on his fantastic hybrid album, remixed by Andy Gray. Our Friends Electric still means a big deal to a lot of people. Putting out a question online to Newman fans about the song, it was met with a fantastic response. When asked when and where they first heard it, a lot of people said Top of the Pops, many others said the John Peel show on Radio 1. Lynn Sweeney wrote, At 15 years old, I was hooked. The entire album, but especially Our Friends Electric and praying to the aliens all these decades later, I painted my laundry room as a homage to it. If Lynn allows me, I'll post a photo of said laundry room as it's a must-see for all Newman fans. Uh, Sharon Lewis said, "'I was upstairs in my bedroom. I was 14 years old. My mum called me downstairs because she thought I would like the singer who was on top of the pops. I came down and it was instant love.'" Sam Veal said Top of the Pops in 1979 I was like wow I love this sound and it just looked mesmerisingly stunning I was 14 and quickly removed my David Soul posters sorry David from Carl Sr I heard it on the radio first then a friend of mine bought it and we spent an afternoon playing it and we are so fragile over and over again we had never heard anything like it I remember thinking at the time that the vocal sounded a bit like Susie from the Banshees just like the London accent probably when I saw him for the first time on Top of the Pops it blew me away Cy Irving wrote First memories are that I'd gone through primary school in a diet of ABBA and Boney M and various punk faves. I think I felt as there was another sound out there waiting for me. Then on top of the pops, it was like the aliens had landed. Our friends electric, just incredible. Got the single, then replicas, the rest is history. One funny memory of it is remembering always playing in the back garden with the single blasting out on the stereo through the back doors and particularly racing around and around the lawn with a go-kart with a mate, with We Are So Fragile, the B-side thundering away. Equally, this new sound inspired me and my mates to start a band, which could barely play a note then and still can't now, over 40 years later, but that Newman sound made us want to try and do something. Lovely story from Julie Tucker as well. My husband and I walked down the aisle to our friends Electric in 2011. We were friends and someone phoned him and the ringtone was Gary, who we went to a gig and something changed and the rest, as they say, is history. From Rebecca Mason, I was in my mum's kitchen. The radio was always on in our House, And she used to listen to the chart announcement, which used to be a Tuesday lunchtime. It must have been the May half term in 79 because I wasn't at school. I remember hearing it on the radio and just feeling that this was the future. It sounded like nothing I'd ever heard before. I didn't know who the band were, but I was certainly intrigued. I'd got the original on various different media, heard it thousands of times, but every time I hear those opening notes, I'm back in my mum's kitchen in 1979. From Annette McCall, I saw our friends Electric on Top of the Pops in 1979. It was the most powerful thing I'd ever heard. Seeing Gary on stage was a recognition, a moment. He's like me. It was a realisation that there were others like me that I was not alone, although I still didn't have a name for it yet. I was diagnosed with Asperger's many years later. For me, personally, Our Friends Electric was the second Gary Newman song I ever heard. Um, as I mentioned in the preview episode, I had been mesmerised by Cars as a seven-year-old in 1994, and pre-YouTube, I had to wait a long time before I heard anything else by him. Uh, but finally, he came up on Top of the Pops 2, uh, this time singing Our Friends Electric, and it was an amazing moment hearing him sing a different song, and this cemented it for me. This man is a god. <laughs> Gary has noted that he wasn't the first to try synthesizers in pop music, but he was most definitely the first to become a mainstream star in the UK. He wrote... If you've been breaking
0: new ground musically but not getting anywhere, it must be very frustrating to see someone come along, discover something you've known about for some time, and then within a few months have a double number one with it. I can only imagine how that must hurt. I was seen as a Johnny-come-lately, apparently. All I can say in my defense is I just wrote some songs, wrapped them in an image, gave them a persona and went for it. I didn't do anything that they couldn't have done before. Also, my success opened the floodgates for electronic music and soon every label was signing up their token electronic band. It became something of a golden period for all those bands that had been struggling to get noticed and some of them would go on to even
1: greater heights than me. Next time, I'll be looking at a song which was perhaps Gary's most personal of all time and another live favourite, A Prayer for the Unborn. Please get in touch with any memories and stories about that song, where you first heard it, what it means to you and any facts you'd love me to mention. And to get in touch about the show in general, email me at newmanpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me at Newman podcast on Twitter. You can download and subscribe to the podcast at newmanpodcast.com. The show is available wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a rating and review if you can.
0: Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. pioneer.